Do you ever wonder what separates aristocratic noble families from the rest of the pack? It's that they tell their kids from a young age that they are princes and princesses and that they are destined for greatness. Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 12 Duff Yud Base of Ksubas. And we learn that you too can instill that very measure of greatness in your children by telling them that they are unique, that they are part of a holy and great tradition. Children of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah, and the Supreme King of Kings, the Holy One, blessed be He. If you'd like to sponsor an episode of the Transformative Duff podcast, please email me, transformativeduff at gmail.com. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my harissa today. i like to begin with a story. The year is 320 BCE, and Alexander the Great is at the height of his success, ruling over the entire known world. Seeking respect and recognition, he invites his subjects to submit any historic financial claims they might have to his judiciary. The Egyptian province heeds the royal call and initiates a lawsuit against the Jewish people, claiming all the money that we stole when we left Egypt. After all, they claim the Torah states clearly, and Hashem granted the people favor in the eyes of Egypt, and they lent them. Give us back all the silver and gold you took from us, they demand. You claimed that you were borrowing it, but you never came back to return it. The Jews are beside themselves. They don't have anywhere near enough money to pay their debts. After all, we have a clear tradition, as Rabbi Hanina taught in the name of Rebeliezer, that every single Israelite left Egypt with 90 donkeys laden with Egypt's silver and gold. That's why we're commanded forevermore to redeem every firstborn donkey. With undeniable evidence of all the money we took with us out of Egypt, how would we be able to refute the Egyptian claim? Just then, a simple fellow sitting in the back of the shul named Gviha ben Psisa raises his hands and he asks it to speak his mind. Give me permission, he beseeches the sages, to debate them before Alexander. If they're victorious, say to them, you've defeated an ordinary person from among us, and until you overcome our sages, it's no victory. And if I defeat them, say to them, the Torah of Moshe, our teacher, defeated you, and you need attribute no significance to me personally. The sages grant their permission, and off he goes to deliberate in the Supreme Court of Greece. The big day arrives. The Egyptians present their claim. Alexander turns to the Jewish ambassador and asks him what he has to say to defend his people against the significant claim. Gvia ben rises and turns to the court with a rudimentary question. From where do you draw the evidence that you are entitled to the silver and gold, he inquires. From your very own Torah, they respond. If that's the case, continues Gvia, then I too shall cite proof to you only from the Torah. It is stated, and the sojourn of the children of Israel, who dwelt in Egypt, was 430 years. During that period, they were engaged in hard manual labor. Give us the wages for the work performed by the 600,000 men above the age of 20, whom you enslaved for 430 years. Alexander turns to the Egyptian delegation and says, Provide Grihab and Psisa with a response to his claims. We need time, they reply. Give us three days to consider the matter. The emperor acquiesces to their request. They examine the matter, but are unable to come up with an adequate response. Terrified of the wrath of Alexander, they immediately abandon their fields and vineyards and flee. Suddenly, in the midst of a sabbatical year, the Jews find themselves the beneficiaries of abundant produce, as Alexander the Great turns over the Egyptian property to the Jewish community. Let's look at today's Gemara. Says the Mishnah, 
the priestly Basin would demand a ketubah sum of 400 dinars for a first marriage of their maidens, twice the regular amount, and the sages did not object. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda quotes Shmuel, not only with regard to a priestly court did the sages approve, but even families of distinguished lineage in Israel, if they wished to act as the priestly families, they could do so. Let's analyze today's Gemara. Have you ever wondered why we needed all that gold and silver when we left Egypt? In the wilderness, the Almighty took care of all of our physical and material needs. Manna fell from heaven on a daily basis, the well of Miriam quenched our thirst, and the clouds of glory laundered and adjusted our clothing as we grew. We didn't need to go shopping. So what was the purpose of all the beautiful jewelry that we exported? Perhaps it wasn't about the money's purchasing power. Maybe the gold and silver had an altogether different purpose. Maybe the material wealth was there to change our mindsets. Let's talk about effective parenting. We all want to give our children the very best education and opportunities in life. But there's so much more to bringing up successful and psychologically healthy children. Our Mishnah teaches how priestly families empowered their children with a sense of pride and self-respect. They know that Hashem has chosen them for His service, and so from a young age, they instilled within them the confidence of knowing that they are special. Every detail of their lives is imbued with this feeling of uniqueness. If common folk provide their daughters with a ketubah valued at 200, then their priestly children deserve 400. Nevertheless, it's not only priestly families who instill such pride and confidence in their children. In the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda comments that distinguished families have the same approach to life. They too impress upon their children their distinction and special status. Now think about the psychological journey of the Israelite children who left Egypt. The Kotzka Rebbe explains why our people had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Two centuries of bondage had taken a serious toll on the national psyche. The children of Israel were born into slavery. Their parents and grandparents were slaves. All they knew was life as a slave. It would take 40 years to expunge them of their slave mentality. The Israelites may have been taken out of Egypt, but it would be far more arduous to journey to take Egypt out of the Israelites. Perhaps then that was the purpose of the jewelry they had brought with them. Picture the scene. Each morning, Mommy would call over her little ones, place a gold necklace upon them and tell them, You are a princess. You are a prince. Suddenly their whole self-image was transformed. No longer would they grow up thinking of themselves as slaves. They were princes and princesses, children of the supreme king of kings, the holy one, blessed be he. The Shari Havoda opens with a powerful declaration. The first gateway for a person who serves Hashem is that he must know his own self-worth and recognize his value and the value of his forebears and their greatness and importance and dearness to the Creator, blessed be he. An individual who doesn't think highly of himself will have modest aspirations in life, believing that he will never amount to very much. In order to reach your greatest potential, you need to believe in yourself. While our Gemara talks of priestly and distinguished families, Judaism has never had much care for class distinctions. We are all distinguished. Hashem calls our entire nation a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You don't need to be born into an aristocratic family to bestow the gift of greatness upon yourself and your children. You are already a prince. You are already a princess. You are already a priest. You are already a priestess. The Almighty has anointed you for greatness. Rav Chaim Briska was once walking along the side of the road with a student when he noticed an old wagon driver. 
He couldn't stop looking at the man sitting in his wagon and directing the horses. "'What is it about that man that has captured your attention, pray tell, Rebbe?' his disciple inquired bemusedly. "'Look at this amazing spectacle,' replied Rav Chaim. "'This man is old and feeble. The horses are young and strong. Don't you wonder why they don't simply use their power to throw the old man from the wagon and go off on their merry way?' The student nodded hesitatingly, hoping that his teacher would unpack his enigmatic thoughts. Sure enough, Rav Chaim continued, Do you know why those horses don't assert themselves? It's because, all in all, they're just horses. And they don't consider their own power. Had they been cognizant of their true strength, they would surely not hesitate to use it. But in the meantime, they remain subservient to the man with the reins. And so it is, concluded Rav Chaim, with so many people. Hashem has imbued each and every person with marvelous abilities and the capacity to attain true greatness. But lest they realize their worth and inherent potential, it will remain dormant and underutilized in the manner of the horses. Don't ever settle for mediocrity. Always remember that you are a prince of Hashem. You have been born into greatness and are destined to achieve great things in your life. You can achieve all your dreams. May you become your very best spiritually, materially, and emotionally, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Duff is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, the transformative dance.